0: Welcome to episode 58 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. Today we'll be discussing the NBA trade deadline. It's officially trade deadline day. All the, the deadline is officially passed and we had a, a host of big trades here today. Of course, you know, we get into the Ben Simmons stuff and the Marvin Bagley trade to the Detroit Pistons. I'm sure you all want to hear my thoughts on it. And some pretty underrated trades going on, you know, around Dallas, Washington, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But we will absolutely be getting into that later. Before we get started with the the uh, actual NBA trades though, I do want to make an announcement. This is a huge announcement. This is one I've been wanting to make for a couple of days actually, but I did post it on my social medias and now officially on my, well, say it on the podcast, but we just started a new website. You know we um we are working of course with word uh wordpress because you know not verified to do an actual website but you know you can check us out on uh wordpress and uh wordpress.com slash the zay coleman podcast we absolutely like we've again had the ideas sort of from the start but i also want i wanted to create a foundation before i you know got going through with an official website but naturally you know like i said we wanted to take the next step and step in to grow in the pod, podcast. When I officially have gone worldwide, we're like we've been consistently viewed in about six countries now, including like India. We've been in uh, Portugal, Italy, like we've actually grown worldwide as a podcast. And I absolutely want to thank everybody that listens to this show, because without y'all, this wouldn't be possible. You know, like me just sitting here with a microphone in my hand, talking to, you know, however many people is just it's it it it's genuine. It, it makes me just tear up from the fact that, like I want to thank you all individually. but as a community just as a community, I do appreciate every single uh, time y'all listen to this show, no matter if it's once, if it's fifty eight times, it does not matter. y'all have been consistently viewing this show, and I genuinely do appreciate that. Now, now that we get into got into all of that. I do want to talk about a few things with the trade deadline. This was absolutely not a disappointing trade deadline at all. If your favorite team didn't make a trade, your favorite team wasn't even team wasn't even rumors. Please don't be upset about it, because just as an NBA fan, this trade deadline was amazing. That guys, nobody expected to be traded. Guys, everybody expected to be traded, and was still shocked that a trade actually went down, and even some underrated pieces going to contenders that can easily help in the short term and even in the long term, honestly. First one we can, we're we going to get into, we're going to start off with some of the trades that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. We'll probably just, you know, gloss over and talk about different players that are in the trades. But the first trade that we're going to talk about is the Boston Celtics and the Houston Rockets. They made a deal that's uh, still puzzling in my mind considering one player's already been waived. And another one I don't see staying on this roster very long. So Boston, of course, made the trade, bringing back Daniel Tice after, what, two years away from the team, I believe it was. Or it might not even been that long. I think he literally was traded last year to Chicago. Like this, I don't know how, genuinely don't, have to know, how, don't, don't know how to view this trade. Because Daniel Tice, I don't see getting that much playing time in Boston because Al Horford's already eating up a lot of those minutes, as is Robert Williams you know they like i said they are even Grant Williams has been playing pretty decent for them off the bench. This is a team that's not really needing any big man depth. Now of course they did trade two big men Ennis in, in Canter and Bruno Fernando and in another trade that I don't even have in my notes cuz it was that unnecessary taco uh sorry, a uh, Bobo going to Orlando. Him and PJ Dozier going to Orlando for is basically a salary dump. But I'm not Like, Boston still is – they have no guard help. They did trade for Derek White, which we'll get into later. But, like, outside of that, like, Peyton Pritchard is not being trusted in this offense. Marcus Smart's basically not – he's not a point guard. I know he came in as a point guard, but isn't really a point guard, let's be honest. Like, Boston still is in desperate need of some playmaking help. Maybe somebody gets bought out from maybe like a – I mean maybe a DJ Augustine maybe I like I don't know who from Boston who will help Boston in the long run because the Celtics team is in dire need of playmaking cuz if they, like currently Boston is fine quote unquote but then there's teams like Brooklyn who made a big move today you know Atlanta is getting uh getting hot I don't see Boston staying in quote unquote the comfort spot, very long. Like they I understand that, you know, again, it's the Eastern Conference, so quite literally anything can happen. But currently, Boston right now is the seventh seed. That's good enough for a play in spot. They're, like I said, play, they're currently, a, they are a playoff team, quote unquote, but they are in the seventh the seed, which is the play in spot. They'd be playing the Atlanta Hawks, which again is a team that's hot right now. And the, even the Brooklyn Nets. I could see now that they've gotten Ben Simmons a big uh, honestly, a better fit than James Harden. Let's be honest. This, like Brooklyn, I could see getting hot, even though again they were on with a nine-game losing streak. Katie's injured. Kyrie Irving's only available half the season. There's still a team that's <laughs> very viable for a championship run. The Hornets, again, like, very while inconsistent. I could totally see this team being a team that may upset Boston in the first round. Or at least in the oh, sorry, sorry, in a upset in the play-in. Atlanta again, another team I could see upsetting in the play-in. Washington, just I don't know what's wrong with Washington at this point in the season. Granted, I'm not trying to figure it out, but this team is in desperate need of a lot of help. They just traded for Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> that we'll definitely get into that one later because that that one surprised me poor zing is getting moved for the pieces he did get moved for i want to talk i want to spend an extensive amount of time with dallas but washington let's make let's make this clear washington is definitely in new york the knicks are the knicks didn't touch the trade market and i'm i'm honestly surprised that even cam reddish was made available this quickly even after the report, it's still weird to me. Indiana again showed why they have won the trade deadline with uh with the 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 Tyree Tyler Burton move. Orlando, I'm surprised honestly that uh, Terrence Ross didn't get uh didn't get a move because I'm sure there was a contender that was out there. But let's be honest, the only contender that was real or the only playoff team that was really looking for Terrence Ross was the Los Angeles Lakers, and nobody wants Taylor Horton Tucker trade package. We told you this. And, of course, Detroit made a move earlier. Again, I guess we can talk about it because of the other trades, besides maybe the Raptors and the Spurs trade, this is probably the one that makes the, I'm going to say the least sense, but this is the one that I guess has the least amount of uh, full-time help. I don't know because Milwaukee got some good pieces. L.A. got some good pieces. Even Detroit got some good. Like, honestly, nobody really, quote, unquote, lost this trade. So, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that one later. But um, another one I want to talk about, Aaron Holiday may or may not be a Phoenix Sun. Last time, as, as of the deadline, which I believe was 3 o'clock, uh, it said Aaron Holiday had been traded, but there was no – they didn't know what Washington was getting back. Speaking of Phoenix, they also picked up a former son, Torrey Craig, in a deal uh, with the Pacers for Jalen Smith, any future second-round pick. Excellent pickup for Phoenix. Phoenix is, loves their 3 and D guys. You know, they got uh, Cam uh, Cam Johnson off the bench. They have Jay Crowder, of course. Mikael Bridges, probably the best pure 3-and-D guy in the NBA. Torrey Craig just helps that. Like I said, they can use all the defense they want. Again, this just basically adds to their depth because Jalen Smith wasn't going to be there long term anyway because, you know, he's actually played decent. He's going to be commanding a lot of attention in the offseason. And for some reason, Phoenix declined his team option way too early. Now... Another thing for another an, uh, this trade, kind of, I don't even know what, 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 what was, <laughs> what were the Wizards exactly thinking? Because first of all, the trade is Montrezl Harrell, who's actually been really good for them this year. Trade to the Charlotte Hornets, which I don't understand the Hornets because the Hornets wanted room protection and they got Montrezl Harrell. Make that make sense. Wizards. Receive Vernon Carey and Ish Smith, which Ish Smith has already been waived in this trade. Like the Wizards basically traded Montrezl Harrell for Vernon Carey, which they're not going to play because Daniel Gafford's eating up those center minutes, and so is Thomas Bryant. And so that that trade absolutely makes zero sense in hindsight. Um, another one that you would, you can argue doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in in all honesty. Uh, the Spurs and Raptors made a trade. The Spurs trading uh. Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, in a 2022 second round pick from Detroit to the Raptors for Goran Dragic in a 2022 first round pick, which is lottery protected. The Toronto Raptors, I wouldn't say are a, I wouldn't even say they're a guaranteed playoff team. To be honest with you, they like, they have been really good. Don't get it twisted, but they like I said, they're still the sixth seed. They're only three games back of the Hornets, which are the who's the ninth seed. So I'm like I said, they're not in the driver's seat just yet, like when it comes to uh, to playoff seating, but uh, absolutely. if that pick is lottery, if that lottery protected does come into play and like the uh, Spurs actually get that pick, then this trade would make a little bit of sense, but at the same time, the rap if the Raptors are a team that see they if they play currently Chicago in the in the first round, Chicago beats them in I don't know five, then that's the seventeenth pick of the draft. So basically San Antonio traded fourteens or. They gave up the 31st, 32nd pick to draft because Detroit will be that bad this year. They gave up a pretty valuable second-round pick without getting a first-round pick and gave up a quality role player in Thaddeus Young and one of their younger players in Drew Eubanks. So San Antonio definitely did lose that trade out. Now, and on the contrary, they also made a trade where – They get Josh Richardson, a 2022 first round pick, which is top four protected from Boston. So that pick is, they're going to potentially get, they're definitely getting that pick. And Romeo Linkford, which is a solid little, you know, solid little piece off the bench, nothing nothing crazy, for Derek White, which I was surprised that Derek White got traded because I felt like him and DeJounte, although people for, honestly, for years hadn't tried to figure out who was the alpha in that backcourt. And then definitely this year, DeJounte proved that he was the alpha. Derrick White definitely held his own playing with a guy like De- uh, DeJounte Murray and even guys like Lonnie Walker, Gordon Johnson, uh, Devin Vassell, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not – again, I don't know if this was the piece that Boston was looking for, and I don't even exactly think that Josh Richardson was the guy that had, had to give up in order to get a decent piece in Derrick White. But if this, if this was the move that Boston wanted to make, go right ahead. Because at the, at the end of the day, nothing has changed in the fact that the Celtics team is a first-round exit. Maybe even a play-in exit, if we're being honest. But this team isn't going anywhere. And Derek White is not the answer. And again, you're paying him for four more years. So it's not like, oh, you traded for an expiring deal and he you know, could potentially be you're a one-year rental. No, you're stuck with Derek White for the next four years, along with Jalen Brown for four years. Stayed him for five years. Al Horford, I think this is the last year of it. Although, I think next year has a partial guarantee. Robert Williams, they just gave the extension to. This team is wrapped up for a first seed for the next three, four years. And unless some trades are made, it ain't changing. Now, another decent trade from the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, sorry. We'll do the Detroit trade. To the, there was a 14 trade this morning where uh, Detroit received Marvin Bagley basically traded Marvin Bagley for Josh Jackson and Trey Young or Trey Lyles, sorry, which was a W of a trade. I was scared that we were in the Marvin Bagley rumors only because I figured this would be a trade. Some solely solely for Jeremy Grant, Marvin Bagley, was I felt it like was going to be the centerpiece of a Jeremy Grant trade. But if it's Marvin Bagley for Josh Jackson and Trey, Trey Lyles, that is absolutely a W. And I feel like Jeremy Grant trade rumors, uh, stop with the Kings when Tyrese Halliburton got moved. I feel like if it if it was a combination of Bagley Halliburton and I don't know, Terrence Davis, then that would have probably been the move for uh for Jeremy Grant. But since, you know, Halliburton's obviously a pacer, it's probably gonna it would be Bagley being moved for something a lot less than Jeremy Grant, which is Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles, which I'm not I'm not totally upset by. The Clippers uh receive Semi O'Jolet and Ronnie Hood. All right, phone call. Um, the Clippers traded for uh, Simeon Oziel and Roddy Hood. Um, I feel like, like I said, two solid role plays. Uh, two more wings to add to the Clippers. By the way, because the Clippers are stacking up on wings because they just got Robert Covington. Obviously, they still have Marcus Morris. He wasn't moved at the deadline. Of course, they got Norman Powell. And like I said, even the guys that they dropped, like PJ B uh, J Boston, is still there. So like they, like I said, they still have a whole host of wings. And like I said, this is still a team that's built to win this year, but I feel like the team is also built to win for two more years to three more years because, again, Norman Powell is still decent. Robert Covington, I feel like, isn't going to regress because he's kind of been the same player anyway. Like I said, this team is still pretty decent for what they like, what they have been through. Again, a team that's still very much in the running for a playing spot, especially if the Kings aren't consistent. I know they won last night. That's a whole nother thing. I'm not sure how to view. Like obviously we have to see it on the court to see how we view this team, but I feel like the Clippers will still be a really good team for the next couple of years. Uh um, Milwaukee receiving Serge blocka Shout out to Serge Blocka for being a buck. He'll probably he that's actually a low-key great pickup, especially for what they get. Like the the biggest piece I gave up was Dante DiVincenzo, which even then Dante wasn't expiring, that absolutely wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's that. In uh, two second round picks plus cash, so they got some money out of it. I didn't see the exact amount that they got for the, uh from I think it was from the Kings that sent them money, but uh, like I said, the two seconds and Serge Ibaka was more than a, a, enough to make uh to make up for a solid trade. And again, the Sacramento Kings received Dante Divincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Which guess what? The King the Kings again looked like a solid team last night. It was like you know. I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying the Kings are going to uh, be great, but like this is definitely a team that's built to win for the next year or two, but it's not going to win for the next year, uh, year or two because there's so many other teams that are built to win for the next year or two. And then even then, there's teams that's built to win four or five, six years down the line also. So, with that being said, the Kings, like I said, they can look solid for the next 20, 25, 30 games of the season. Probably potentially be a play in team, especially if the Clippers. Like I said, the Clippers' depth does show and, like, they aren't – like I said, uh, it shows that, like, they need their top guys. Because even, like I said, the Clippers still (laughs) – it is kind of – the West is kind of crazy to wear. The Clippers still the eighth seed despite being, I wouldn't say bad, but they aren't good. And the Lakers, again, still the ninth seed, even after some of the crazy losses they've taken, like, I don't know, to the Portland Trailblazers. The Kings is still right there in the mix. Again, only two and a half games back at the Pelicans for the uh, the last play-in spot. And again, any literally anything could happen in the Western Conference. I feel like Houston and OKC are the only ones that are really, and I guess San Antonio too for to an to an extent, are the only teams that really aren't trying to win right now. Like obviously the Rockets, basically the youngest team in basketball, so naturally they are going to be looked at as the team that's trying to tank for more first-round picks. OKC Obviously, they have everybody's first round pick for the next four hundred and seventy two years. So naturally, they you know they are built to win fifteen, sixteen years down the line. The San, again and again, San Antonio. They're mostly young guys anyway. So it's going to be uh them you know again trying to include occ- more assets to you know potentially go get stars and playing under Popovich. Stars want to play under great coaches. Pop is one of the le- most legendary coaches. Even even though he has. Simmered a little bit in the last couple of years, mostly a due to talent and b due to age, but um, like I said, it's mostly just them trying to you know accrue some more assets so they can flip them. Shout out to KLT for Q. Um, again, I wanted I, I don't think I discussed this earlier, so but the uh, the Dallas and Wizards made a trade earlier. Chris thing is getting traded is kind of hilarious because like he's you've seen. Like no matter how many times he's been to rumors, you just deep down knew that Porzingis is not leaving Dallas. Again, granted, he did say he was very much upset being the backup, or being the <laughs> he 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 hated being Luca's sidekick. Hated being Luca's sidekick. Well, congratulations, you get your own team for the next thirty games if Lord knows. If uh, in a perfect world, Bradley Bill is still a wizard next year, and you're the sidekick to Bradley Bill. congratulations. But Beal is probably a blazer. Wink, wink. Um, so Porzingis might still have his own team anyway. Granted, he's not gonna be. They're not gonna be good. Trust me, they will not be good. But they, you know, Porzingis. Porzingis could probably bring them to the thirty wins, and they could probably be a, a team that's looking for the first pick of the draft. Cool. Next, this is the one that everybody's been waiting on. The one that everybody has been spamming in the comments since or sp- spam again whatever comment section you please since 2019 2018 something like that Ben Simmons for James Harden and it's not how y'all thought it was going to go huh Now I'm definitely in the minority of people that thought this trade was pretty fair I know people saying that you know Brooklyn fleece Philly because Harden's washed and Ben Simmons is in prime of his career but I think James Harden could still be a good enough second option to Philly. To Honestly, it's an upgrade from Ben Simmons not playing at all. Because you you don't even have to look at it as a Ben Simmons upgrade. You look at it as, as a Tyrese Maxey upgrade. And I think James Harden is an upgrade from Tyrese Maxey, at least for the next two years. That's one thing, though. Paul Millsap, granted, again, this isn't the Paul Millsap from 2017 or whatever where he was an all-star. He still is a really solid role player. And again, he doesn't have to be a twenty-point-per-game scorer. That's what Tobias Harris is. He doesn't have to be a three-point shooter because that's what Danny Green is. He doesn't even have to be a play uh, a guy that you know tries to pass the ball because again, that's what Harden and Tyrese Maxey are for. He's just got to be there to be a leader. James Harden is there. He's like I said, twenty-five to five. If if, if he's giving them, like I say, if he's giving them 25, uh, 20 points, ten rebounds, nine assists, or twenty points, nine rebounds, ten assists, James Harden. That's oh, that's great for Philly because guess what? Tyrese Maxey was only giving them 16, 3, and 4, 16, 3, and 5, something like that. An upgrade like that plus the Tyrese Maxey, trust me, Brooklyn, or sorry, Philly is winning there. But Brooklyn definitely did get an upgrade because they did fix the two two main things that they were missing was shooting and rebounding. The defense is still horrid. Ben Simmons is going to be fighting for his life on the defensive end because he's the only good defender in his the only defender at all. Forget good, just the only guy that plays defense in that starting five. Because if you look at that starting five, it's going to be, it, it's like, give or take, it'll be Kyrie, it'll be Seth Curry, it'll be Ben Simmons, Katie, and likely Andre Drummond. I know Nico Claxton is there, but Nico's been injured for the last couple of games, and we don't really know how long he's going to be out. So it'll be Andre Drummond probably for the foreseeable future. He's the Ben Simmons is the only good defender on that team. Sorry, in that starting five, I know Bruce Brown's a really good defender, but he's not going to be getting a whole lot of minutes. Joe Harris is not a good defender. Lamarcus Aldridge is definitely not a good good defender. This team is going to be struggling, guarding the Giannis's, the Chris Middleton's, the Joel Embiid's of the world. MVP candidates, especially, oh shoot, if they're playing Chicago, the perimeter defense is going to be hard because it's probably going to be Kyrie matched up with Zach Levine. Because they're probably going to get bit in the DeMar DeRozan matchup. Zach Levine's going to be tearing that defense apart, especially with how athletic he is. He's going to get to the paint whenever and wherever he wants. And I'm I'm sad. It's going to be sad to watch this old older Brooklyn Nets team fade off. Because again, when you look at the Eastern Conference again, the Hornets the Hornets are right there with the Nets. They're only two games back. Atlanta's only one game back of them. And Wizards only one game back of them, so Brooklyn really is about four and a half games between where they are right now and not even being a play in team. So if KD is still injured post All Star break, if Kyrie Irving again still only eligible for what probably ten to twelve more games for the rest of the season, that is going to be a struggle for Brooklyn, especially if Ben Simmons isn't isn't a different player. If Ben Simmons is not aggressive, if Ben Simmons is still you know if he's still tentative to get to whatever spot he wants on the floor it it's going to be str- it's going to be a struggle to watch that Brooklyn Nets team trust me it will be now for the Philly side of things of course like i said they got they got their guy they got James Harden they got Paul Millsap now if you look at this team the the basis of this Brooklyn or the this, this Philadelphia 76 team i'm kind of worried for Joel B, because it's a slightly less spaced out team because like, although James Harden is a guy that plays in a perimeter a lot I'm still kind of wondering where is the consistent shooting going to come from? Tyrese Maxey I don't think is a consistent enough three-point shooter to be to be playing as the set the <laughs> like the J.J. Reddick Seth Curry of this uh, Philadelphia 76 team or even Tobias Harris I think although Tobias Harris has had a really good season the one thing he does struggle with is percent is his is efficiency he can get to the free throw line like crazy but i'm not trusting him to be the guy that's slowing not even slowing but uh the guy that's moving without the basketball you know coming off the of screens i think he's the guy that you give it to on the wing and he goes get, goes and gets his own bucket like realistically <laughs> i think the number one shooter on this team will probably be Shake Milton and even then He's been seeing spot minutes this year. I'm surprised he wasn't even dealt as a cost cutting, as a cost cutting move for uh Philly. For Concord Monto, I feel like he should be get, uh getting more playing time this year. I believe, I think he was injured for a while, but I think even then, the injury I think will be good. It, it, like I said, I'm sure he'll be back by playoff time. Even if not, then you know it's whatever. So for Philly, I do see obviously them being a playoff team. That, I don't think that's a doubt. One thing I am struggling, though, again, even, and even then, the defense is going to be an issue. Tyrese Maxey is a dog, but he's not staying in front of Kyrie Irving. Tobias Harris, you know, he gives his effort but is not known for his defense. Danny Green, at one point in his career, was one of the best perimeter defenders in, defenders in the league. That is long past him. Joel Embiid, as great as he is on the offensive end, do you want to put that much pressure on him, giving him 40 and 15, plus playing elite level defense? I don't think so. 37 year old Paul Millsat is not going to have is not going to be your best defender come playoffs. I'm sure they're going to hit the buyout market like crazy. Matisse Dybul is obviously still really good. And I really do appreciate Philly listening to the podcast and telling me and telling him to not give up Matisse Dybel in that trade. Trust me. That is a great move for the long haul. I'm still not trusting this defense, though. Come playoff time, at least if they're playing like there isn't really an, even a team out there that has one really good score, like a top team in the Eastern Conference that has one really good score. I don't see because every 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 team has at least two guys. Miami has two guys. They, Milwaukee has two guys. Chicago has two guys. Cleveland has two guys. Cleveland, I don't know. I'm gonna say Darius Garland is like the only guy on the perimeter that's giving them legit buckets. Uh, Toronto has, uh, hmm. Boston has two guys. Brooklyn has two guys. The Hornets have two guys. Atlanta has one guy, but he still has. There has not been a defense in his league that has stopped Trey Young. I'm very concerned for Philly right now. If you only have one elite perimeter defender and you're going against two really good scorers. And especially if you're playing like a Brooklyn team who has two really good scorers, if one of them is potentially the greatest scorer of all time, then you have an issue because Matisse Dibble isn't stopping KD from dropping 30. Maybe, maybe 40, 50, but I wouldn't see 30. This team, is it looks like a struggle. It, it definitely does look like a struggle. To uh, for Philly, especially for this season, like I said, granted, they're honestly it's weird that the Eastern Conference I'm talking about oh, Philly, Philly doesn't match up with any of these teams, but Philly's only two and a half games back in the first place. That's how crazy the Eastern Conference is this season. So, without you know, honestly, I do see Philly potentially being uh, second round, maybe conference finals. I do see basically if the playoffs started today, they would be playing the Cavs in the first round. I think they edged the Cavs slightly, just straight us. Uh, just based off of talent alone, I am not. I wouldn't go into coaching, schemes, et cetera, et cetera. Just off 5 5 talent, I think they do have a Cleveland beat there. But I think that's where it ends because they'd be playing. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like I said, if all the top teams in the play and also win, then they'd be playing either Miami in the second round or Brooklyn in the second round. And I would not want to be that team plays the Brooklyn Nets even in Miami is currently playing Brooklyn in the first round I do not want to be that team that's playing Brooklyn in the first round because Miami is great of a defensive team they are and as great of uh defenders is like PJ Tucker Kyle Lowry you know Jimmy Butler etc bam etc cetera, etc cetera, are good defenders you can't match up with a team like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and just pretend that oh you know they can you know if they go 40 would still you know edge them out just slightly because they don't have because Joe Harris can catch fire at any point. Bruce Brown can hit a floater just basically from anywhere. You know, Ben Simmons can, might have one of those games where he's playing with Joel and, you know, he can get to the pain at will. I feel, or playing without Joel, I should say, he could get to the pain at will. He might be what that that player when, we come, when he comes back. So it's still going to be a struggle for every single team out east to continue with that 18, 18 especially if it's Philly. My God, especially if it's Philly. Editor Zay here because to, uh, he totally forgot to give you an outro to the podcast. So if, uh, this we are officially at the end of the podcast, as obviously. If you missed the previous fifty seventh episodes of the podcast, please check them out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, right here on Anchor. And, of course, check out the website. We are here officially here for the website. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Bye.